unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and I've been waiting on pins and needles since last week to finish up the continuation of the conversation that you started last week, and we've got a return of a very special guest, so I'm going to just shut my mouth, and I'm going to enjoy this conversation or the continuation of this conversation. Well, thank you. I've been waiting, too. We're back with Craig Dave Carball, and we're going to really dig into his secrets about writing exceptional copy for e-commerce landing pages. As you may remember, Craig was with us last week, and he has written for such well-known clients as John Benson and Mind Valley. But what really sets him apart, in my mind, since other people have done things like that, who I know, is his accomplishments in e-commerce. I don't know anyone who's done stuff like this. He's written for big brands in consumer markets like apparel, athletic gear, and this is the part his copy has raked in more than $33 million in the last year and a half. Craig has come up with a system for writing copy, just like he's writing, to teach other people. The system is teachable, and it's called Cash Fertorials, and he's going to tell us about that today towards the end of the show and walk us through a promotion he did using this very renegade and profitable form of copy. Now, he's going to tell you that, but meanwhile, I'm going to tell you this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast, and most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Craig, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again. Thanks, David. Great to be back. So before we jump into this case study, as it were, could you recap what we talked about last time very briefly, you and Bob and the pit bull and, and uh, what you came up with and, and what you discovered and, and what happened and sort of bring us up to today in 2021? Yeah, sure. So last week, I briefly told you about the story of getting uh, <laughs> savagely attacked by a pit bull. Me and my golden retriever, Bob, getting knocked down a river valley slope and cracking my head on a log, waking up and having a doctor tell me, you need to stay away from screens for weeks, which of course, as a copywriter is, is horrible news to get. So what I had to do very quickly was find a way to create the sales pages, the e-commerce sales pages that I was making that were successful, that were converting. I needed a system and a way to sort of stack up these pages so I could continue to serve my clients, my retainer clients and stay away from the screen. So, you know, and we, what I managed to create was something I called a cash tutorial. And I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing more about this. Basically, they're deliberately different. They're story-driven, opinionated, quirky, review-based articles that have stories in them because people prefer stories over facts and they can get info anywhere. So they're powered by something I call factional edutainment. They're novel. They're meant to be engaging. And, you know, think of uh, drama sort of as Hitchcock says, drama with all the boring parts cut out. So I'll give you an example of this shortly on, on why they're novel and the unique 
way that they actually turn browsers into buyers. That sounds good. And I'd like to set up a few distinctions because you did do that briefly as, as I asked, but it may have gone by too quickly for some people who aren't really steeped in this. And we've spent several hours preparing for this. And of course, we did the show last week. So your typical advertorial is, I found this coffee cup and it's the greatest coffee cup in the world. And let me tell you why. And oh my God, it has a handle. It has a place for you to put the coffee and even keeps the coffee warm until it cools off, right? It's kind of like no one talks that way in real life. And there's no drama. There's no excitement. There's no, no tension, no friction, no, no spice to it. The other thing is non-story copyright, where you just have a bunch of bullet points. And, but what you've got, it even seems a little different than the Jay Peterman approach, if, if you're familiar with that. I mean, they do tell these kind of heroic stories, but I think this is a kind of weird thing to say about Jay Peterman, but I think they're a little more plain vanilla compared to what you're doing. Yours, yours seems to have a little more edge to it. Is that would you agree with that? Yeah. I, you know, if I were to contrast uh, cash tutorials versus advertorials, I, I kind of loving, lovingly call hypey advertorials trash tutorials. It's kind of like uh, going to a carnival, right? Like a, a carnival clown creep show where the carnies are, are standing, shouting at you, barking at you to, to come and play a game of chance. And, you know, you end up, or customers end up spending 50 bucks to get a product that's worth five cents and have a really disappointing result. But, you know, the carnival comes into town once a year. That's it. They're there and then they're gone. And unless you like chasing carnivals around, then I guess you may be a carny yourself. Contrast that to the Disney experience. Say what you will about Disney as a company, but they've really mastered the, uh, the art of taking people through, through a thrill ride that ends in a gift shop. So the difference mainly is that customers get a chance to live inside the stories, become the characters themselves. And they end up spending the same amount of money, in a sense, but the experience with the product and it is different. And what we do, especially now in terms of the iOS changes, marketers now generally have one chance to get things right. And it all comes down to the quality of your copy and getting repeat customers to come back again and again. So just think about the universe of buying possibilities that Disney has created. And I believe that there is a way to do that with e-commerce products as well for long-term customer value. Yeah, that's really good. And I think what you're saying is you're making the buying experience not just valuable information, but emotionally satisfying and exciting in and of itself, even before they hit the buy button and get the product, which I haven't heard too many people talk about. Do you want to comment on that? Yeah, sure. So let me just think about this for a moment here, about some different elements. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of different elements. The best thing I could do is probably talk about a page that I created and talk a little bit about the resistance that I got from the client when I first introduced this and just read some chunks of copy so you can get a sense of how it works. So uh, this was for an outdoor LED light and it's kind of shaped like a ball. It's a stake light you stick into the ground. And I wanted to tap into this idea that people put things in their yards to get attention, whether they want to admit it or not. And so here's just a chunk of the headline. So this solar LED light is so stunning, it caused seven fender benders by rubberneckers. Just saying. Weird. I pulled that, I pulled that from uh, BuzzFeed, great source of headlines for this stuff. So landscape lighting envy, yeah, that's solved. So 
I go on and uh, introduce the product and say, listen, I've tested a lot of solar powered lights and I'm not afraid to trash the ones that don't pass the muster. Will they really look as stunning as they're hyped up to be? Can they go from shipping box to ready to rock as fast as they promise? Will this be the lighting makeover that gets my ritzy neighbor drooling over the fence with desire? Listen, if you've been reading my product reviews, you know I'm difficult to please. Remind you of someone in your family. So if you want to know how this LED light impressed a star stingy home expert lighting, home lighting expert like me, then keep reading. And then we get into a bunch of other stuff here. You're pushing so many buttons so fast. And it's so entertaining that most people aren't going to even get what you're doing, especially if they're really interested in decorating the yard or improving their home or something. So I, I just wanted to comment. M most people don't do that in my experience. Now, maybe I have very limited experience, but I haven't seen it. Do you agree? Well, the client came back and this is a client that had a number, like dozens of gadgets and online selling through cash tutorials that I've written and just swang back to this one. I think somebody else brought it to his attention and said, this is a weird headline. What is this? And I just had to remind him that this is the one that's bringing in a 40 plus percent add to cart. And this is the control right now. So we can have opinions about how bizarre or outlandish something is, but it's clearly speaking to the audience and who's looking for a fun fix to their dull and drab gardens. And, you know, and so we, we want to set up some enemies as well. So I like to say that electricians hate this light. Why? Well, it doesn't require you to bulldoze your backyard and blow thousands of dollars on wired lighting or hiring these five-figure landscaping architects. The pricey projects that eat up valuable summertime, you could be enjoying or doing, doing something else. So we have to position this as a breakthrough product that wins standing ovations from your neighbors, even the ones who can get you big grins whenever guests drop in. So the light is more than just something, this inexpensive thing that you stick into the ground. And it's much more than that. Could you talk about some of your cash fertorial techniques um, that you use just in the copy that you read? I, I, I see, I, I think there was some self-disclosure there. I'm not sure exactly what you're doing. Let me see here. Okay, so here's a bit of a confession. I, I have to confess, I tried this last minute accent lighting at my, at my parents' 50th anniversary. And I was really worried my trendy big sister would trash them. But you know what? Oh, because they're so affordable. And she gave them a glowing review. She loves the upscale look. The party was a smash. And my mom says they remind her of the landscaping she's seen on the cover of Better Homes and Gardens. So playing on some sibling rivalry there. Can, can often be interesting. So in, in many cases, the reviewer here is using the product because they've got a problem, right? It's their parents' 50, it's her parents' 50th anniversary. She's got this older sister who's maybe the favorite and she decides to host the party in her yard. So she needs to solve this problem. Parties are expensive to put together and maybe the last thing she thought about was the lighting. So she had to find an affordable way to do this. And what's at stake here? It's the approval of her parents. It's pulling off a great party and giving them an incredible experience. So there are reasons why people put these in their backyard. And one of those is having guests over. So let's turn the reviewer into a character with a problem. And let's introduce the product as a solution to that problem. You know, that's interesting because when I'm thinking of getting something myself on Amazon and I'm reading reviews, I mean, certainly the glowing positive ones that have no detail, I immediately scroll past. The ones that mm -hmm. totally trash the product, I scroll past. 
But when someone has something personal to say, especially about a problem they had and maybe some risk of shame or embarrassment because of if they didn't solve it right, when they get into the kind of drama that you're describing, and I do see reviews like that from people where, where you know, they just want to get out there and, and tell their story as it relates to the product. It seems to be a, a natural human urge to do that. Yeah, there's a way to use two-star reviews actually very effectively as well. And I usually I drop these into the question and answer sections in cash tutorials. And this was inspired by a, a, a true life two-star review, but this is kind of how it goes. You know, hey, I bought this uh, hip healing dog chew and my, my dog loves him. He's running and bouncing around like a puppy. The limp is gone. But something happened. I, I, I took a trip downtown and, and I, saw, I saw a guy in Brooklyn practically throwing these at dogs. And I asked where he got them from. He said, well, a truck with woof woof chews just dropped by. I'm all for charity, but I'm, I'm a, little bit, a little bit miffed that these mutts are basically getting the thing that I paid for for free. So that's based on a real life example of, I think it was Weighted Blankets, a company that sells weighted blankets. And they were handing them out to homeless people on the streets. And they got a two-star review from a customer who was a little bit angry. They paid a whole bunch of money for a product they love and then saw this happening. And this is a way that a product or a brand can demonstrate that they have strong values as well. So there are little hacks that you can do to leverage these things. Who would think that a two-star review would help you sell more products? Right. You, you know, when I look at my book on Amazon and there's a, a two-star review, I cringe, right? <laughs> Usually those are people who are looking for something other than what I was offering. But still, you don't want to see it. Nobody likes that. No one likes right. that kind of criticism. So Robert Cialdini's 2021 update to Influence says that the number of stars in a review that tend to convert the best is something between, I think he said 4.2 to 4.7 stars. Mm. So advertorials tend to just have the five-star review. So you know, they might have a mix as well. It's good to have that social proof on the side, authentic, actual Amazon reviews. And we tend to be suspicious of something that sounds too good to be true. That's true. Do you want to take us through another piece or two from th this client to... And, oh, oh, sure. You know, yeah. one thing you were talking about, maybe you could bring it up now is, oh, yeah, I think you did, right? That, that he thought your headline was weird. Did he have even stronger objections when you first started writing this way? No, actually, he, because he was so busy, he gave me a lot of free reign to just get a little bit edgy and kind of push the... I'm, that's just not, it's in my nature. And it, you, know, you land at an e-commerce company and somebody, another copywriter has controls. I think there's that competitive reflex, which says, I want to beat these controls. And uh, it took me a good year to beat all of them, except for one. There's one that I just could not outdo, which is, yeah, which is okay. And so it kind of came from that impulse, but as well, just noticing that most advertorials are just so boring. So how many controls did you beat? Well, we went from three products to between 12 and 15 bestsellers. And these wow. products are bringing in about $4.1 million a month in sales, so. Combined. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. Do you wanna get, do you wanna read us another cash tutorial landing page for one of these products? When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you gonna call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he 
doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not, but he assured me it was. He said, I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab, garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now back to the show. Well, let me just tell you about another thing that I learned from Robert Cialdini in terms of something okay. your audience can do right now around the buy button. It's really optimizing the language around that. And this comes from persuasion. It also comes from influence in terms of commitment and consistency. So basically, the, the formula is saying you already, and then mention some positive values. So doesn't it make sense to X? And then finally, because. You already enjoy entertaining hosts and being the star of the show. So doesn't it make sense to grab your light right now before someone else does because they're going fast and you don't want to miss out? There's so much going on in that sentence, but it's I it, know. That's, I love that's it. the control. Let me say it again. It's like you already love entertaining guests and being the star of the show. So doesn't it make sense to grab your light now before someone else does because they're going fast and you love saving money? You could put that one in there too. It's very and difficult that, for someone to say no to that. that. That works, right? Yeah, it works really well. That's really good. Okay, so give us some more examples. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I'll talk about a, this is a really weird, weird product. It's a solar-powered uh, water fountain. You drop it in the middle of the water feature, and it spurts out water. Let me see here. Starting off the cash tutorial with me. Hey, what's that? My sister. A splish splash gloasis? Me. I want one now. Stunning, enchanting, wet. These are just a few of the words that popped into my head the second I saw my sister show off her new solar-powered fountain. Solar-powered fountain? Yes, that's a real thing. I'm an outdoor lighting expert. I love being on the cutting edge. So when my younger sibling got her hands on this summer's must-have garden gadget days before I did, I refused to let her steal the spotlight forever, and neither should you. Um, because something tells me these wireless wonders are going to sell out. And if you know what's good for you, Scroll like there's no tomorrow and smash the green buy button right now before they're gone. This is really like commanding them to do something right away and just pulling on that string of not wanting to be second. And it's the same for the neighbors. You see your neighbors get that light. You're like, oh, no, maybe it's too late for me to get one. <laughs> like, yeah. So then we mentioned that fountains, hey, fountains are just for, um, for fancy folks. So, you know, at this point in the summer, it's probably safe to admit we can't spend enough time outside. So if you want to get your friends gushing about how great your garden looks 100 times or more, <laughs> then you might want to add one water feature that outdoor living fanatics can't stop talking about. And the good news is you don't need to live in Beverly Hills to add this splash of glamour to your backyard. Wow. There, there's a lot going on there. Why don't you give us two or three hints? Sure. So... At this point in summer, I think it's safe to admit we can't spend enough time outside. Really conversational, really acknowledging something that, that most people would safely nod their heads to. And then just jumping into status, right? If you want to get friends gushing about how great your garden looks, and I put a number in there, 100 times or more. I'm not sure why I did. It's just more specific. Yeah. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, right? People, yeah. <laughs> that was the one about with another one, like 287 wows and three standing ovations later. 
It's absolutely ridiculous, but we need to speak it high drama, high contrast, high emotion, simply because it, it grabs attention. Yeah, but you know what? If, if someone's really jazzed about an experience, not everybody, but there are certain personality types, and I'm probably one of them, that's going to exaggerate like crazy. Yeah. So it, it does seem authentic, even if it's not true. I mean, accurate yeah. numerically. Right. So a line like, you can put this in pools, hot tubs, bird baths, streams, or ponds, even the fountains you'd expect to see in front of hotels on the Vegas Strip are now made for your backyard. So everybody kind of knows what Vegas looks like. It's attention getting. People are awed and wowed by it. Imagine being able to wow your neighbors, the people who walk by. There are people who don't want any attention in their backyard. So I think I have got a line in one of them that says, my friends were gushing so much about this light. I've decided to make my nosy neighbor pay cover charge just to look in my backyard. <laughs> so there's a little enemy, right? The nosy neighbor. Yeah, but that, that's funny. One thing that's kind of underlaid most of this conversation that you got, neither of you touched on is the fact that this type of messaging so easily conforms to what people are going to social media for. People are going to Facebook and Instagram because they want to connect with people. They want to hear about how people's lives are going, the cool new thing that so-and-so got that they're really excited to tell their friends about. And writing in this way is just such a natural transition from what people are wanting to consume when they're on these platforms. So I think that maybe where they're at and where you're sending them from to this type of content mm -hmm. is another thing to keep in mind because it doesn't break the mindset, the desire that people are having when they go to these platforms and then you're sending them to this type of content, these cash tutorials. It's just like this seamless transition into a sales message that doesn't, doesn't have any like speed bumps along the way. And I really dig that. Yeah, one thing, one line that I put in there about Instagram is like, these lights are so Instagram worthy. My, my, my best friend came over and spent her whole time taking selfies with it and didn't even ask about the job promotion I just got. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really good. I guess you wouldn't call it social selling because that has a whole different connotation and meaning. But I, I agree with Nathan. It's like, it is the language of social media whether you did that consciously, intentionally or not. And that really works right now. That's what people want. Yeah. And, and so what I find is that cash tutorials work really well for gadgets, for indoor, outdoor stuff. It works for um, apparel, written in the apparel space, shapewear, bras, leggings, survival gear, a, a number of different spaces. So as long as it's deliverable, right? It's a physical product that can be delivered. I think there's an opportunity to test and to use a cash tutorial. And, and, and yeah, there's this very specific order to, to everything that goes into these pages and a specific sequence of events and, and psychological triggers that are deliberately embedded in there to make eyes zip down the page and, and hit the buy button. Well, why don't you spend a couple minutes telling us about your course, your free on-demand course, because I'm sure there are at least a few people who'd like to know how to do this themselves. Yeah. So after the show, if you just type in cashvertorials.com into your browser, uh, you'll be taken to a free on-demand workshop where I'm basically laying bare the $33 million secret to writing best-selling snarky sales copy 
in seconds. So you can then land cash flush clients, dream clients, right? That pay you what you're worth like clockwork. So basically I'm going to pull back the curtains on these one page star stingy reviews that are designed to help you transform tire kickers into buy button mashers and how to stack the copy up in a very specific way so you can score more sales, charge higher fees and get clients paying you more than just what simply covers the bills. So I'll reveal why trash tutorials or kind of slimy, hypey ad tutorials are dying and how to make the messages in your sales copy a lot more appealing. And then finally, a way to cut down the time it takes to create these pages. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Cutting down the time because sometimes it can take forever just, just yeah. to write a few paragraphs. All right. So we'll put the, the link in, but you want to tell us the link again, but we'll put it in the show notes. Just to open up your browser and type in cashvertorials.com. That's cash, C-A-S-H, vertorials, like advertorials, cashvertorials.com. Sounds good. All right, Nathan, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> you got anything you want to ask him? Or I'm you, sold. I'm signing up. I'm going to say at the end of last week's episode, I was not as clear on what it was that you were doing, but throughout this week's episode, it just, it snapped for me. And I'm like, okay, I see the value in this. So I, I think I know why too. Your sister has been very snarky about your yard decorations lately. Hasn't she? <laughs> That's personal and we're not going to get into it on this. All episode. right. never mind. But yeah, I'm signing up and thank you for coming on and helping me see the light on this. And I'm sure the listeners will appreciate it as well. Cashvertorials.com. And if you want more episodes of this podcast, copywriterspodcast.com. And until next time, we will catch you later. Catch you later. Thanks, Bye. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.